It's the Daily Talk Show, episode 703. Welcome, Stacey June, back to the show. From my house. <laughs> it's, yeah. I love the colour. I mean, what what's actually behind you right now? Um, a mattress. It looks which beautiful. Which is covered by the doona. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, my husband, my now husband, had that doona on his bed when I went into his room for the first time. <laughs> and I thought... Well, this guy's a keeper. Look at this yeah, colourful this is, thing. It looks I was like, like a if a man can have that on his bed, if a man can have yeah. that on his bed, you know that he's comfortable with himself. <laughs> Don't you reckon? Oh yeah, oh, definitely. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Last, <laughs> since since last time you're on the show, uh, you now have a baby. Congratulations. Yeah, I do. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, his name is Bryn, not Burn, and not Brian, but Bryn. How do you spell um, it? Bryn. Yeah. B-R-Y-N. Yeah, that makes sense. Brian. Well, people don't, people oh. get it wrong. Okay, yeah, I guess I can imagine that. Or burn. Mate, like, don't worry. Brody. Mine was like, yeah, I can imagine. Brody, Brody. I've got a child named Brody. I didn't even know, but anyway. <laughs> uh, well, I so, think Bryn's going to th- Bryn's gonna think that his name is Burn because Ben and I joke so much about calling him Burn to take the piss of people. <laughs> and now I don't actually think he knows what his name is so we're like hey burn haha <laughs> and like it, we say that probably more than we actually say his name so i you know you start to realize that you've got a responsibility to teach your child the basics i.e their name and not take the piss straight from the beginning because that could be confusing it's, um, it's a hard one because the kids start then using they mispronounce everything so one of Bodie's <laughs> best friends at daycare his name's jimmy but Bodie calls him Ginny. With a G. <laughs> it's close. And I now call the kid Ginny because it's cuter. <laughs> it's like you end up being like, and but then you, yeah. do you correct them or do you just like, oh, that's so cute. Yeah, where's Ginny? How is, how's Ginny today? I don't think Ginny's worried about it, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like I think that's the main thing that we should be measuring that concern from <laughs> is Ginny's issue slash Jimmy. And I, I think it's more our shit than it is about Ginny's. Do you do baby talk, yeah. Stace? Has that become a thing since oh, having a kid? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Oh, Sorry. Course, um, just, I need to apologise to the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just didn't think I would be that person. But I, And I actually read somewhere that it does help their development and that made it worse because I kind of now justify it to myself that I'm making him smarter by talking to him like a dumbass. So <laughs> it's a real juxtaposition, you know. I thought that you're not meant to do it because then they're never going to learn how to actually say Jimmy's name properly. That's what I, that's what I thought. Now I'm drooling like him. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I thought the same. I thought the same. But no, yeah. um, funnily enough, that those kinds of sounds and that tone gives them something. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's, I mean, very, it's very hard. He's very cute. Well, we were looking this morning. It's like a, a two-and-a-half-year-old to three-year-old can sh- can dress themselves. And I was thinking, even if they do, even if they only learn how to dress themselves at five, annoying for the parent, but also not the end of the world because the kid's going to learn how to dress himself when he's 16 at least. Like, you're, you're always going to learn something. It, what is Bodhi? He mispronounces words. No, he, he confuses words. Um, my beard is uh, sparkly instead of prickly. Mm. and um, And then... <laughs> what is it, spicy food is um, prickly. And so he's like, think, it's so cute though. And so I, I love it. I just start speaking in his language. It's beautiful. But um, yeah, it can nice. we, uh, Josh, can we get a little mm-hmm. official statement? Um, 
you've had a 2007 Britney moment. It's JJ bitch. Yeah, I, I shaved my head. This is <laughs> Stace. This is the first time I've come on the show with my shaved head because I just did oh. it last night. So if you're feeling a bit was... horrified by the whole thing, as everyone else is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was not wanting to act like I'd missed something because last mm. time I had to address the whole thing around unfollowing Tommy and then I thought I'm going to come on now and be <laughs> not in the loop that you've shaved your head so dramatically. So I just let it go yeah, no, um, and it. tried to pretend that I was familiar with this new look. <laughs> This, um, um, this Seth Godin why? looking yeah, character. I was expecting like, yeah. yeah. Like, how are you, Josh, anyway? Are you okay? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> everything okay? All good? No, I am. Um, well, no, seriously. Yeah, are no, you well, okay? I was, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. No, so last night I, um, I've been meaning to do it for ages and the um, just because I, I hate my, my hair is very inconsistent. So Tommy has a very consistent – Tommy's got TV hair. 97's got sort of um, new age TV hair. There's not many curly-haired people, I feel like, on TV. And so I love that Sevs is sort of representing it. a bit of a twilight the- thing. Yeah, and I think it works really well. But I, um, oh, here we go. TJ's just put up a, a shot of Britney. It actually – so what happened, it um, – yeah, so I decided to, to do it and um, Brie – La- but, on the weekend, why you're well, missing a very big point? Well, it was just why like it just feels like fresh. It? It's easy. It's consistent. It's easy to manage. I um <laughs> I don't. There's so much stress in my hair. Like I'm like doing you know last minute showers before the show so I can like try and like comb it and try and fucking manage it. I'm like I don't need this bullshit. And I didn't want to have to go to the hairdresser. And um and so what I ended up doing was um. Bree said, oh, no, well, I don't want to help you with it. You can just do it. And then so I just went to the bathroom and started cutting and Bree seeing me <laughs> cutting my hair. She was like, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm coming. I'll help you. And so we used we used my um, beard trimmer. I've got like a very small like uh, trimmer that's really only des- oh, that's designed so for stubble. And um, the thing burnt out halfway through. Oh, and no. so I was sitting in the on the couch with half my head done. Oh shit! And Bree knew exactly <laughs> this was going to happen, and so I um, I ended up. I have hardly been out of the house, but I had to go to Woolworths. Oh, actually, I actually went to Chemist Warehouse. It was still open at eight pm. Went to Chemist Warehouse and bought like a whole kit, and we finished it off. So that's that's what's happened. Look, I've got to say, in the little square that I can see right now, mm-hmm. it's much better with your whole face in my face. Okay, like as in... Does that make sense? So like straight like on. now. So you go, at, yeah, straight on with the actual full picture. You know sometimes when it's like a little part, you just look like it's a little like an thumb. emoji. I'm but now when you can see... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it definitely has that vibe, but, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but when you're bigger, you've got uh-huh. your whole picture. Yeah. It's- so when it's smaller, it's, you know, like this. <laughs> Without the nail. Shannon's asked for my for the famous tongue is that smile. That's nah, fine. <laughs> but I, oh. the thing is, but I reckon part of it, one of the good inspos from this is, I feel like you can't rock this hair unless you've got a bit of muscle mass. I want to sort of go for that, just out of jail or potentially just served in the military look. And so um, that's my next thing is I'm like, ah, oh, this is a good reason to you know get uh, buff up. Yeah, buff up. 
Is that what people say? Buffer? Well, you could maybe <laughs> have, you know, who would be a great inspo would be any dudes from Prison Break because they are hot. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Remember Prison Break? And it was like this Mate. massive thing with shaved head dudes and then there was that real-life criminal that went viral around the same time as Prison Break. So mm. you're looking at the Prison Break era for inspo, I think. Mm-hmm. You just said yeah, Prison yeah. Bake, which would actually be a great TV show. Just prisoners <laughs> sort of like you can't they, they ask me off. on it's the show with a newborn and then correct my language. No, you're actually it's very. Illegal, it's my like favorite me. thing to do. But you you actually seem extremely like relaxed, happy, chill. Are you feeling that way? I am. I am. I mean, this situation. It's there's lots of parts of it, I guess, that aren't ideal. He hasn't met. Um, a lot of my family, which is is confronting um, because you just have a picture of having a firstborn and having moments with grandparents and friends and memories. And by this point, we would be out of the house. We're kind of out of that real early, early newborn stage. But on the flip side of that, there's research that have said, which my auntie raised to me a few days ago, um, that's saying that newborns and babies are actually thriving in this environment. And I, I got to say, I, I find it really hard to disagree with that because in the end, a lot of the social stuff and a lot of the visitors are really much more about our own agenda the Mm. baby just wants you and Mm. comfort and security and wants to suss out their new world and he's been able to do that in the most safe way um so yeah it's hard to really find um you have your days but it's hard to find stress in that when ben's also my husband's also home too so it's Mm. you know we kind of we've we've had the newborn bubble for a long time and um and it's pretty cool although where the beaches need to stay open for me. I live here for the beach. I'm a Melbourne girl, as you guys know, um, and I live in Sydney because of the ocean. So the beach closing is a bit of a, that's a bit of a, that's an anxiety-inducing kind of feeling for me. <laughs> they, they just opened Bondi Beach today. It's only for locals in yeah. Bondi, that live in Bondi, I think. Is it, your beach isn't open, could you? We've got our beaches open till 9am now. So we can go have a swim in the morning. Does that oh, mean that everyone's doing that then? Uh, well, it's barricaded off and it's policed. Like there's, I've never seen police on motorbikes, but not motorbikes of the ones on the road. Like dirt, they look like dirt bikes, dirt bikes. up and down oh, yeah. the um, kind of the, the walk. <laughs> yeah, fucking oath they are. This is the thing that <laughs> yeah. is starting to get me right into the conspiracy theories. That attitude and also ScoMo looks very comfortable here too. So as much as I'm glad that everyone's thriving in the power, it's making me also question them because I'm like, mm, <laughs> mm. Uh, my issue with authority mm. is really playing up here You don't now. want them to enjoy it too much. Like if they're going to set rules, you don't want them to enjoy it. Is that the... Well, what's the measuring system? How do we find out what if we're improving or we're we're doing well? Mm. I just how are we able to measure what our work has done and where the cutoff is mm. for that to now be necessary or not necessary? I'm not sure how we measure that, and that is the part that makes me uneasy. I'm happy to do my bit, mm. and I'm happy for us Have to follow rules if that means it. Not yet. Okay, you should dance. It's very easy. It's I will very be simple to do. Yeah, I will be. I think. Yeah, I know. Th- it, but all of those things are the things that are getting in the way. I will do mm. it though. Yeah. I vaccinate well, my that, kids. Let's just say that much. Okay, good. Okay, good. Good. <laughs> the thing about the social distancing is that if when do we, we when it when it works people will say why do we need it because look, nothing's happened and then 
the reality is that social distancing, the result is nothing happening. So it's like, it's a hard one because you're saying, when do we know it's working? Well, yeah. if it's nothing happens, that's right. then that is I, the win. I agree with you. Yeah, because I wasn't feeling like this a month ago when I knew we had to do it and people weren't doing it. Yeah. I was very much, yeah. you know, stay away from me. I need to walk up the street to get a few things. You do not need to stand that close behind me, all those kinds of things yeah. that we felt. But now I'm in a place where I'm like, okay, so how do we know where that line is and who makes that call? Mm. How, um, what do you obviously more experts, tired but... <laughs> more tired no, when you were you doing breakfast radio or more tired now uh probably brekkie radio i think because less yeah. joy <laughs> yeah definitely yeah <laughs> no we offense, had a great relationship but we did Come on, we baby. had a great time but you know what i mean you've had a baby too it, there's something about the joy of a baby that fuels you in a different way that's not about yourself. It's almost like this kind mm. of magic petrol that's pure um, pure joy, really. And so there's something about it that just kind of fuels you in a different way to other stuff that you've had in your life to date. It's, weird. it's really weird and amazing. Have you spoken about how it all happened, the birth? Because last time we spoke, you were, I think you um, got an indoor pool and it was all, it was all happening. <laughs> We got a birth pool. Okay. We didn't go to Clark Rubber and just buy the, you know. The, it's a, it's, what's but the you difference? could, you I guess. More? It's like, it's like yeah, weddings. You I, end up paying twice well, the price. Well, that's what we spoke about. Yeah. We spoke about that, the marketing element. Um, no, I think there are some some important factors of just safety and being able to lean on it and all that stuff. Um, it's nice but no, I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> nice print. Um, there's no, there's no big pictures of babies coming out on the birth <laughs> okay. pool, so either. Um, we just recorded, Ben and I just recorded uh, our birth story for um, our Couple Goals podcast. So that's the only real um, time we've spoke with. We haven't, and we haven't released that yet. So um, we did have a home so birth. You're not, get, and not getting an exclusive, Josh. You're no, absolutely no, can, not can getting we... an exclusive before. No, no. Before I, I'm, I'm, Are you happy? <laughs> well, well. Um, well, we can. I will say that we had a home birth, and everything that we spoke about, um, we did. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so we've, we've pulled out the exclusive banner, which. Um, so now I need. Going. Now I need to actually deliver. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. So we did. We did a home birth, um, and I birthed a four point seven kilo child, which in the old oh. system is ten point four. Is that big? And wow. I had him at home. Yep, it's, it's huge, Josh. Yep. Do you know how big the baby was, is before you, before you have him? Like, if you go on the scales, could you work it out? Uh, they try. I don't think they ever thought that he was going to be that big because that, mm-hmm. that's actually quite rare. Um, you know, regardless of where you want to have your baby, it's quite rare to have a ten pounder. Um, uh, I was quite overdue. They had a, a bit of an inkling that he would have been in the nines, um, but no idea he was in the tens. And I, if we hadn't have opted for the home birth and the, and I guess the process and the, the way the, the I guess the um, choice of care that we did, there's no way they would have let me have anything other than a C-section. I think if I was in the mm. hospital because they just yeah. kind of freak out at that size. So it's kind of crazy to think that when you uh, um, opt to go out of the kind of that system or um, that conveyor belt, which some, you know, is that actually my body was completely, was was able to birth that, that size baby at home. Mm. Is it like the Nirvana film clip, having a water birth? 
Like the kid just comes out, just you know. Uh, TJ's learned how to put um, images on his yeah. on his videos. I can see that. I can just, see. Just, you know, I can see really that. Bringing the goods today. Um, yeah, okay, I. They, how long are they I, um, underwater for when they come out? When when a when a water birth comes uh, out? Because Amy was out. trying to do one before, but we um we got the no go from doing it for doing it. Mm, we he would have been under for well his head would have been under for about in and out um, for at least 10 minutes. And because they're not breathing, are they, the baby, is the baby breathing straight away or is it still using the cord? Like what's the is, what's the cord doing at that the point? The baby breathes through the cord until mm-hmm. you cut the cord. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, actually, that's, that's I better not, I don't know about that. Well, I mean, when it's coming out, it's definitely still the cord. It's not, even if its mouth was out, it's not breathing air yet obviously because it's underwater so i guess maybe that's a good question josh i don't know maybe it's it it gets air when it needs to get air do you know what i mean like it just regulates itself (laughs) (laughs) yeah and so what was the emergency tank how long did it go for how long like the whole thing from start to finish um i was in labor i was actually out at the pub for lunch on sunday afternoon at about two and i burst him but I, I started feeling contractions I was timing them out um and then I had him about, or what were you, like, did you? it was a chicken salad <laughs> okay uh, the boys something were a having lighter. beer and and some wings so yeah. close yeah uh-huh. um, the good old days <laughs> but yeah yeah pretty much exactly remember that uh and so we had him what 24 hours after in total so mm. one o'clock the next day Monday Monday afternoon I'm trying to remember. Is it a so you have a nurse at, arrive at your home? Is the pool like? I guess you've got time to fill it all up and things it's like that. It's a lifeguard, Josh. Yeah, yeah, dressed yeah, in exactly. lifeguard outfit. YMCA <laughs> style type. Yeah, Coogee Beach shut. Yeah, the Coogee Beach shut. They did the announcement. Hello, patrons. Uh, we've got a home birth situation. You'll need to exit the beach. They put the shark alarm on, and they were. Did over anyone yell to get to off the to stop hanging on to the lane? You know, they used to always get in trouble when I was a kid when you hang on to the lane. What? what? It's like what? the um, what is that called, Sevs? You, you know what it is? It's like yeah, the, the, la- um, the lane in the pool. There's like the little the, divider um, that's separate. Oh, they have the divider, but things. you'd fuck it if yeah, you yeah. held on to it. And so I remember yeah, yeah. a kid it's, nearly drowning, and they're like, "Hands off the lane!" <laughs> As I'm like going under. It's know. funny you say that because Ben was in and out. He was kicked out at times, and then was told to jump back in. So <laughs> it was, I mean, our version, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Mm. <laughs> he was, yeah, he was, he was told to get out, get out of the pool, Ben, now, quick, quick, and hopped out. Was that and you then was, that was saying that? Or like what's the, who's directing the whole thing and like is it a lot of um, the mum? Like are you doing that or? In a home birth situation, absolutely, or in mine. I can only speak on behalf of mine. But, um, yeah, I I was, but, you know, you guys know me. I um, I don't. I'm not shy of words and I don't struggle, but I was very, very insular. So when you think about direction, it was very much led through energy. There wasn't a lot of speaking. Um, So if I was uncomfortable, for example, or I needed more room, they just really kind of intuitively went with me. Um, And I was just trying to find ways to communicate that as with as much energy externally as possible, which words, funnily enough, in those situations is a real big source of energy and you don't want to be putting any of that out. Um, You just want to stay really, really focused on the things that I chose to speak about had to be, I told myself they had to be absolutely worthy of a conversation. So music, did you have music going? 
Yeah, we had a, a playlist. Like I must admit, towards the end, I was like, Jesus Christ, I could have put a few more tracks on this. Like This, this is sounds like repeated. DJ Precious. Did you play yeah. Justin Bieber's Yummy? What, what, what were you playing? What sort of songs? <laughs> no, I had a playlist that was, um, it was completely curated on things that made me get into my body. So if I felt, I listened to the song and I felt like I was in my body, not in my head, it made the list. Um, and then the final playlist was the songs that I wanted him to hear when he came out, so more focused on him. So it was Kylie Minogue, Beyonce, um, single ladies. And then Yummy Yummy as he was coming out. Like, do you, do you go no, to Kylie, but he did, he did come out to Beyonce, one of the songs. <laughs> yes. So he came out across two songs and it was the song that she sings to Blue, her daughter. Um, and that was the second song, yeah, that she came, that she came out. That you got out married to, in New York. Which, it could have been nice for Empire State of Mind just to sort of keep it, you know, <laughs> New York. That would be nice. Just a little bit of a a main entrance. (laughs) Well, he's got to have his own. He's got to have his own thing, right? Like, can't make it our thing, his thing. Yeah, no, I get that. What do you think? uh, We're sort of talking about that. You know, speaking to kids, the development of them. What do you think? Like um, the birth experience. Like this is a bit sort of out there. Like the birthing experience for a child and its connection to later in life. Like you hear about, you know, people have linked sort of pain in early stages when a kid doesn't understand it or can you know remember it but linking it to later mm. in life and it coming out i know stace you sort of like to look into that kind of stuff have you have you been thinking more about this and you know the effects on children and things that happen in their early early lives before you even can you know remember it as an adult well i think yeah well, i think ourselves you know are quite intelligent and, and take on a lot of things that happen to us that aren't necessarily running through our conscious or our subconscious um so i think it would be probably um silly to think that those types of massive moments in our life would would have no impact um i think probably more the more traumatic situations would probably be just like anything in our life when something quite momentous happens it is, it is going to take its toll to some degree. Um, how that equates directly to the physicality of us when we're younger or later in life, I, I don't know. But I know for sure um, I had an energy healer come over who's a good friend of mine uh, and um, and, is on, and is on my podcast or the podcast that I did last year quite a lot. And, you know, he's a guy that nobody really knows of. He was my engineer, but people just love him. He's just got this really amazing, um, I think it's also because he's an American, so his voice sounds so authoritarian. Um, you reckon any American could potentially do it, get into the market? No. <laughs> Energy him, no. Uh, no. It takes more than No, but accent. him in particular. The, the content <laughs> teamed with this kind of, col- like, he's from Colorado, I think, so it, just this, you know, there's a real vibe. Anyway, he came over mm. and you know, he was able to really um, kind of focus and work through the organs and see how settled they were and how, you know, he works with energy and I don't know how it all kind of works. But he was just saying that um, he didn't feel any form of trauma or stress. He said with a lot of babies, um, and I'm paraphrasing here, but with a lot of babies there is some form of shock that goes down for any kind of birth um, it doesn't need to be a lot of trauma or any kind of, I guess, chaotic experience for there to be an element of shock. So it's quite hard to get, you know, a baby that's feeling so kind of settled early on because it mm. is a fairly big thing to go through and your body 
definitely um, is kind of an imprint of that in a lot of ways. Did you, um, is it what you expected, uh, the whole thing? Yeah, I, I think it was, yeah. I, I, I had a lot of emphasis and a lot of um, weight on it being a life-changing experience, which I think mm. sounds ridiculous because, of course, it is. But I'm more speaking on behalf of my experience and this kind of matrescence that is spoken about of, of a woman going from um, this maiden to mother, from going from, you know, regardless of what your relationship status is or all those types mm. of things, it's more about... Uh, kind of almost like a, they talk about adolescence, how you go from through that time, there's a, a sense, there's a term that I only really learned about in the last 12 months called matrescence, which is very similar to adolescence, but for women who go from being, a, you know, a, a woman that doesn't have children to a woman that does have children. And so I was really excited by all of that uh, and put mm. a lot of emphasis on my journey with it and what it would what it would be like for me. Um, and it was it was definitely everything that I had hoped it would be. Mm. Uh, you it got was, back it was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, you, um, I have actually. How how is that experience? Because I know, I mean, it's it's um, it could shift your. I think some women it might shift, and for men too, shift the priorities when they meet their little baby, and they're like, ah, there's a what I was caring most about is trumped by a newfound care. Or you know, focus. What have you? I mean, you've always been pretty career-driven, Stace. Um, mm, what's that experience been I like think, for you? I think on the outside, and look, you're dead set right. Like there has been an element of me really questioning that as well, and making sure that I'm always checking in with myself about that. But at the same time, from the external viewpoint, um, it is quite career driven in terms of um, doing any form of work in the first three months of your baby's life. Sure. But the flip side of that, I think I've always been a person that has somehow been, my life's always been preparing for what's to come before I've known it's come. So when KISS finished, I started my own business from home. I started doing things that only ever caused me um, or, or made me feel content and I was comfortable with and I wasn't anxious um, after after KISS and moving from, you know, that hardcore kind of radio environment, I really realised having the space that it was actually the source of a fair bit of high intense energy for me and a, high, a, a lot of anxiety. And so any work that I did from there, I was very, very careful to filter only things that made me feel good about my life into my life. So weirdly then, when you're that specific with the kinds of work that you do and I'm and I'm I want to say privileged enough to be able to make those choices but I worked pretty fucking hard to make them and there were times where I wasn't obviously earning as much money as I am now or was it kiss so it wasn't easy I had to commit to that way of life um it doesn't just get handed to you but um you know, I probably wouldn't have been able to do that completely the way I have when I was single. So I, I get that it's not all an option straight up for everybody. But at the same time, I really committed to making decisions of things that I would do in my life that were enriching and felt good. And I wanted to earn money from a way that felt like I wasn't giving so much of myself 
but it was actually just more of an exchange that it just all started to feel a bit better in my body. So then when it came to this time, there wasn't really a plan for me to work. There was some more stuff I needed to do in my book, which wasn't really my choice. Well, it was just there were some changes that we needed to make. And, um, and also I wanted to kind of get on board with my coaching at a time that I wanted to kickstart it. And you guys know that if you run your own business, you need to be selling that in in order to be like when my maternity leave finishes, I want to start making a little bit of money, but that also means you've got to pre-promote. So there's just different things that, um, that kind of happen quite organically. But I will say it, a lot of it really truly, as cliche as it sounds, doesn't feel, it feels like work, but it doesn't feel anything that's taxing to my energy or taxing to who I am and what I'm, what I'm giving, if that makes sense. The other thing is the flexibility is something that I have 100%. So um, I think for me as a person that feels often quite, um, quite muzzled by pressure or by running someone else's show, it makes so much of a difference for me to be able to have full control in what I do and what I don't do. And when I have full control, I actually can get a lot done because I don't feel like I have to do it. The, I mean, the, um, the pursuit yeah. for anxious, the the pursuit for a life with less an- anxiety, and then it's a, like less pressure. I mean, there is that sort of feeling where you could go, well, to achieve. It's, it's like reconciling your mind, achieving sort of successes, however you see them, versus that sort of desire for a less anxious existence. I see the appeal in that. Like I think about this and what we're doing, and there's levels of anxiety but I think there's the thought of what you could be doing and then you're like can I make enough money doing that so for me it's like a life that would be more focused on like I remember when I was a personal trainer those times is like it's a focus on your health and and they were less anxious times than now but I also wasn't striving for a life that I am now so it's a weird it's a weird one it's such a chess game I think they can it is, and I think that they come in different times of your life when you need it, you know. Like mm. that's what I was going back to the question about working with Bryn being here. I think my life set myself up because I would need to have flexibility and be less anxious, which get, has given me the ability to work from home and work when I want and not really seen it as that cliche I've gone back to work thing but more so my life is all-encompassing and I do everything I do and it feels like good for me and I only do it if it feels good for me that started two years ago that because I needed it I think my body was ready and knew that I was going to be a mother at some point so I trust that when I was doing um radio or really kind of aggressively chasing my dreams for what eight years I didn't need to be that as much it was okay I was I loved it 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 was never a it's never a point where I am in the place I'm at and now think this is better than where I was it's just that I'm in somewhere different I don't look back and think oh I was so anxious then that was terrible and awful time um it just was different to what I need now uh Obviously, like you, you've spoken about your experience conceiving and all that sort of thing, the, that whole journey and then actually giving birth and being a parent, is there reconciling that has to happen through that whole past experience? What, what do you mean by reconciling, like kind of tipping the hat to that time or, or, or does it Or just like I guess, like, yeah, does it sort of come up or is it something that like or is it sort of like, oh, uh, like, 
I guess if you go th- that this sort of giving birth is part of that whole experience or it's all part of that sort of journey. I just wonder if anything mm. sort of comes up from that. Mm. Mm. I haven't thought about it, which probably answers your question, right? Yeah. Like because if I've bra- put, like I've raised it and put things up on my socials lately because people have asked me questions, so it's been more about reacting to that or responding to that um, as opposed to me having it top of mind. Um, it's funny. Now that I think about it, I do feel like the birth of Bryn almost kind of completed that journey. You know what I mean? So it's like yeah. when he was born – it's almost like that was the final part of that chapter and it was a completion. Mm-hmm. So I we haven't really focused on it while he's been here. I definitely thought about it leading into him coming and I definitely thought about it in my pregnancy. But since he's been here, it's almost like that's the next part. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if we try for another child um, because we will never be able to fall pregnant naturally, um, my husband has all of his sperm frozen from um, a cancer um, diagnosis uh, years ago. So we will have to go through that journey again. It's not just a matter of um, we'll see what happens. So mm-hmm. I imagine that process will start all over again and end how it's supposed to end. So, yeah, it's weird. I haven't thought about it. But now that he's here, it doesn't feel like him being here is connected to that. So I think it may have ended the day he was born. Yeah. Yeah, told a story. Which is kind of amazing. Um, yeah, we the uh, during IVF were you given you did IVF size? IUI. What, what's that? What does that stand what, for? What, what is... um, that's where they basically it's a turkey baster, so they don't have to um, take I can your bring up a photo. eggs I can out bring up a photo of a turkey baster. <laughs> I've got a turkey based on. Don't. No, I don't. Or you can do no, one of those. You know what else is a thing? You can do the um, the snot suckers that you give babies, which I've just been obsessed with lately. Oh, yeah. Like you put this thing up their nose and rip out their snot yeah. so they can breathe. Oh. And you just you get fixated on that shit. I was never a girl that wanted to pick my boyfriend's pimples or squeeze them. I found that fucking disgusting. But I'm obsessed with this snot sucker. I can't. Oh. I just yeah, actually have can't to get suck enough it at of one it. end, and it protects you. Or no, something. you don't do it, it in your mouth. It's like a. Tur- it looks like a turkey baster, and you put it up their little nostril. I actually, don't even know what a turkey ho- baster is. What is a turkey baster? Yeah. It's a basting of a turkey, so it's like. A, yeah. What is a um, what, Josh? What is you it? know, have you ever got one of those little pumps that pumps up um, water bo- oh. water bombs? Like a ah uh, like yeah, looks or like a little. We sh- use them for so the like cameras to suction. blow air and shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's exactly yeah, it. Okay. Like something like that, where you're putting it into their nostril, pressing it, and and then the okay. r- letting go will suck it out. Because the babies don't the know how air. to sneeze, do they? Is that yeah. the problem? Well, they also don't know how. You, they don't know how to blow their nose. Yeah. And if they're breastfeeding, they can't actually breathe. <laughs> So yeah, it's, it's like yeah, it's actually a requirement. Yeah. Oh, they're just they're such little rodents at that point. They're just shitting themselves. Oh, it's has he done any poo explosions? Oh, are you joking? It was so funny. I filmed his first bath thinking it would be a real memory. And he shat everywhere. And I find those things funny. I'm like the classic, yeah. I'm just mom already. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, his shit doesn't smell. Like it's incredible, which to be fair, babies' poo don't really smell until they start eating yeah, yeah. like solids. But I just think guys have a real issue with that stuff more than girls, I think. Like Ben, my husband, was 
freaking the F out. I, actually, if he lets me, I'll show you the video. Um, but he just was like, oh, oh, that's disgusting. Oh, God, God. And I was like, whoa, this kid is like a day old. Like you can't give him a complex yeah. at anything that comes out of him that is disgusting. <laughs> like he, he's just this innocent little being. He doesn't know. And so there was just, it yeah. just went everywhere. And so I've got it all on video. And I was really, I had to have a sit down with Ben after and say, look, we have a child's friend that had a real issue going to the toilet for a long time. Mm. And I feel like they get this idea that it is gross really early on because we react to them going, Do you then get worried though that you're going to fuck him up? Like I feel like that's so much pressure that all these little things could be the Mm. reason why he, he can never go to the toilet. Like it's pretty hyperbolic, yeah. isn't it, Stace? Well, I don't even know what hyperbolic really means, but no, well, it's just, I don't. It's, it's a I bit extreme. It's just a bit extreme. Yeah. Like if, if all if all of a sudden he doesn't go on the toilet, are you going to bring up with Ben? It's like you know that on day one, <laughs> this is why. Yeah. No, I think it was, I see Brody think- when he's like as they get a bit older and he's pooed his pants and he understands exactly what's happened because mm. he's not wearing a nappy. And he f- and like they could they get a bit <laughs> shy and it's like where do you even learn how to be shy from, and so rather than saying at that point when he's you know two and a half three you're like, oh don't poo your pants you know you, like that's hard because then they're at one minute you want to sort of help them understand mm. the other side other side you want to be compassionate and say it's all good, you know next time let's do it in the toilet but it's um yeah there's small sort of leaps that the kids are making right like Brody hasn't pooed in his pants in months. Which is amazing. He doesn't, he doesn't wet himself as much, unless we've just left him in front of Netflix because we're on Friday night drinks with the Gronk Squad, <laughs> and then he's upstairs <laughs> and comes down and says, "I've pissed myself." Why don't you? And give then him that's the just bad parenting at that point. If you give him the iPad as I'm doing the toilet, a tequila shot, <laughs> as I'm doing tequila, he's I look over and he's pissed himself. Uh, that's you know? fair. My, oh, my, tequi- my, I did a tequila shot well last week too. I did you? Did you? First one back. Yeah, yeah. I haven't been. At, like at all it was just a bit of a stupid thing and we um very very good friends with our neighbors so we can actually our back door is their back door and we can socially just like it's very comfortable for us to just sit on the end of our stoop and then sit on the end of their stoop and we just have oh, exactly as you guys so lucky that have you a few like drinks them. but then when nightmare otherwise wouldn't it <laughs> yeah. oh my god well you just wouldn't it's sydney so everybody just yeah. doesn't speak so you yeah. wouldn't really notice because that's just basically what sydney's like anyway but we are lucky um they are the greatest people and incredible um, support and just really great mates but also very good neighbours like I'll pick that up for you or hey I just made Anzac biscuits mm. they were gluten free flour do you want some I'm like if oh, yes yeah. I do um, so we yeah I don't know we just got a bit for you if you want. that was a great testimonial we could cut that up and send it <laughs> to them a, yeah that'd be nice <laughs> they don't need it they don't need it they're, they're, they're that good they don't give a shit <laughs> no they're actually in the room right now <laughs> yeah, sitting there yeah, with yeah, you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mean housemates. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. And um, has How it I mean, changed, Stace? I remember you posted on um, Insta this week uh, that video. I saw it. I was like, I know this. And it was you and your mates oh, dancing you there, when we yeah. went away. That was Easter time, like I don't know, seven, mm-hmm. six years ago. Mm-hmm. But we went away, and you were doing a dance with your mates. How times have changed! Wow. And you were filming then. You were filming yeah, then, and, now and br- your yeah, and- sorry, go on. Your um, your your actual quote. 
you know, when things just in your friendships group just really stick, mm. they're not anything that's that amazing or whatever. But Tommy took the video of us just copying a Beyonce dance and my friend cracks it at me for being in her line of view. Like I'm blocking her, her, her um, like chance to shine. She's like, where's your position? Where is your position? And it's just kind of one of those things in our group that we, every year it comes up, we just piss ourselves. But there's a line from Tommy that's like, we're on, like that's his, <laughs> his line to say we're filming. And it is just quoted all day every day across all of our mates like we're on we're going we're on the cabs here we're on we're on like it's just one of those things that's just stuck even my even ben says it and he didn't even know us then he's like we're on for dinner like it just has always been a thing so it's hilarious so you weren't really in the video but you've definitely um definitely had your mark yeah, can you actually go back and um, tag me in it, please? Uh, get a get a yes, credit little movie symbol <laughs> with my name. You know, hopefully, it takes off. Clear on. Hopefully. Has there been Clear anything, on. Stace, that's like completely different, like a misconception from what you thought parenting was going to be like to what it actually is? Um, I don't know. I don't think I went in with too many expectations. Um, I think the thing that's helped me not have too many kind of um, confusing moments or stressful moments has been because I really wanted to be led by him. And since we didn't know who he was, what he would want, what he would be like, what kind of baby, I I really try and get myself to go back and, and not try and figure anything out and even through my pregnancy. And I think that is absolutely a testament to the fact that we had mm. to go through uh, our fertility treatment. We really didn't have much option other than to surrender and wait for this child to decide when it wanted to come. And, and that was such a, a very big part of what had us work through that time as strongly as we could. So mm. I am super proud of the fact that we were able to use a lot of the things we learned in that time for now. So I guess it does connect and and we just wait to see what Bryn shows us. And so if I, because we we live like that and we try and parent like that. It doesn't always happen, but I wait to see what he presents to me as opposed to me guessing or leading him. Mm. Um, there isn't a whole lot that I anticipated or thought of because I made sure that I take not a back seat, but make sure that I'm the second beat. Like I, he beats first mm. and I, I kind of then respond to him. So if you think like that, you don't really have too much time to think about what it would be because you have no idea because you've surrendered the, um, that path to him telling you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. hundred percent. Cause if you, if you had all these expectations of what it was going to be like, they're only, conjured up in our mind anyway because if you haven't experienced something you don't have the information you haven't felt it or embodied it so it's a it's almost a good approach for you know not everything in life but a lot of stuff it's like you know letting go of that needing to totally understand every element of what's about to happen i guess it can stop that whole projection as well like projecting what you think Mm. should be happening or how they should be responding yeah and I think I tried to do that in so many areas of my life and I, I would I would be able to achieve it sometimes, but it was very hard. Like the whole process of surrendering is incredibly hard and I like control. That's mm. definitely something that um, helps me feel safe. Uh, so I would have worked really hard on constantly trying to let go of that um, 
and I don't think I really was able to execute it as well as I have been since um, Bryn came along. But more so, when you're a person or a couple uh, that is really ready to have a baby and has dreamt about becoming a parent for most of their life, I was definitely one of those people, not a person that was like, oh, I'm not maternal, like I always really wanted it. When you come to a place where you have to accept that that may not happen for you, there is no greater surrender than that mm. in my in my mm. experience. So, um, you know, I had to really come to the idea that this has to be the way it's going to be. And if that means that we, can, we end up with a child that's not um, biologically ours, you know, we had to open up to all possibilities um, and surrender our any expectation of how this is going to go because when something means that much to you, yeah, it's too it's too extreme for you to live your life hanging on to that is giving too much weight to something. You know, it was so important to us, but on the flip side, we had to let go of it. So the most important thing that I'd ever wish for was the thing that I absolutely had to let go of in order for me to figure out how to get it. And so, you know, I definitely think that that attitude early on has helped me jump into parenthood that way if I hadn't have gone through that then I don't think I would have been as successful trying to do that now that than we have been what like how has the relationship changed with you and Ben yeah that's hard that's that's tricky because you go through different you go through different experiences you're both parents but you're no longer a couple in something so you you are. That's probably a bit extreme, but you know what I mean? Like I, you, you're both becoming parents, but you as parents isn't the same experience. So the coupledom is kind of broken a bit because you, I am mm. Bryn's mother, Ben's Bryn's father, and those things are very different things. Even though you're both parents, particularly at this point, we both offer and do different things in the picture. And it's really opened up a whole big conversation around you know, that those real primal things too, that like inner masculine and inner feminine and what he feels like, you know, how he's reacted with, you know, stress and sleep deprivation and, and energy levels and how I've reacted to losing a lot of my independence and also sleep deprivation. But luckily for me, Breakfast Radio definitely trains you to do that. So um, it's been really tricky because your relationship doesn't just change. For a while there, you're almost kind of individuals with this person and I didn't really understand that until that happened, that we are very different entities in this family Mm -hmm. dynamic when it comes to him. And I'm sure over time that will slowly, that gap will close a little bit more and especially after I stop breastfeeding it will will close. But I think there will always be a separate, separate thing. Like you can even find yourself, it's not getting competitive but... You're almost like I had, you know, he laughed at me and then, you know, Ben will be like, oh, he laughed at me yesterday. You know, just ridiculous <laughs> things that like you find yourself saying and and uh, and even when Ben, he did, a, he did a game that I invented the other day where he was standing and sitting and I was like, get your own games, mate. Like wh- who, why, <laughs> why, do pe- why am I saying this? Like and so all of yeah. a sudden you dream this family picture and you are a family and it is the greatest thing to see the person you love and trust and choose to go into that part of your life. It's just the, it's the absolute greatest and it takes you to this whole other level. You know, everyone's like, mm. ah, sex after birth, but it's been unreal because you're just obsessed with each other in a different way. 
but I didn't plan for it to feel at times so separate, even though it is so unifying. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is there a unified you, version both- though? Like, is is there? Do you, like, I know you talk about that future getting close together, but how how can you sort of join it all up, or what there's is that a, sort of joint there, entity? There's a locking. Mm-hmm. There's a locking and a, a stability and a strength that comes from, you know, I come from a home where my mum and dad broke up quite young and those kinds of things have always felt a little bit, you know, that home security life has always felt a little bit flimsy, you know. It feels so rock solid in my home and we are so on the same team in terms of our values and the way we want to do things and there is a there's 100% a unity that is very unspoken and I think a lot of it also comes from birth and what you go through from that birth experience, it just you just have this complete respect isn't even the word. Like it's a there's something that changes in the DNA of your relationship that makes it this kind of it's like just the tree trunks, the roots are just grounded so much deeper in the ground. It mm. is it's a different kind of um, security that I've never, I've never, I don't remember, like I don't really remember feeling like this. It's even in other parts of my family life, it feels very incredible. It's, it's an awesome thing. So there's, there's that. It's just, it's just different. I also, I remember feeling the empathy for relationships that also don't make it in those times, right? So it's like Mm. the challenge Mm. is so huge and the friction, I was thinking, like, for the relationships that have, you know, maybe gotten, fallen pregnant when they weren't that serious and they've decided to push mm. through. And, and so, I, I almost, mm. like, I, I kind of get it, right? I get that the, mm. it's just, it could be too much. It could be, you know, the, the, the internal, the trust isn't there or just many things playing a part of it and sleep and, you know, it, it, but there is a, there mm. is that bond there. But I do, I do see how it, not everyone gets through it. Yeah, I think um, I think for me, parenthood needs to be such a choice, and I think this has got to be something to do with my next book because I think so many of us choose the next step in life, and for many people that happens to be parenthood and that marries quite well because it just also happens that you really want it. And I'm not saying that people that have kids don't want them but maybe some people do have them earlier than what they they you know they could if they had if they think about their life a little bit more as to what is my timeline that's true to me and not the timeline that we're told to have and i think ben and i very much lived in our life ben is in his 40s so he's you know from a traditional perspective an older parent Um, And I'm certainly not in my 20s having my first baby. Um, And and so we were very, very sure that this was the time for us. And I don't think you're ever 100% certain, but we kind of were, especially being challenged the way we were. So I think there's something else in that is that, you know, there's such a power in making a decision to become a parent and being, being in that decision because it's about you wanting to, 
not be about yourself and not becoming a parent because you want the love of a kid or you want something from them. We wanted to be parents because I was so sick to death of talking about myself. I wanted to have a whole life that was not about me. I had spent so much time and still do spend so much time telling my story and and talking about myself that I was so ready to completely invest and give something that had nothing to do with me, you know? Mm. And so Mm. I think that helps when you are choosing because you're choosing from truth um, as opposed to choosing because, okay, so we save for a house, we get married, and then that's the next thing well, to do. It's a common narrative, right? Like I feel like that's where you can get stuck is if you just think I've, I've got to do this and I have to do this and then the, the whole biological clock or whatever obviously mm. gets people stressed out. Do you th- What mm. are some of the questions that you think people should ask themselves to sort of unlock whether having a kid or being a parent is right for them? I think the question needs to be about, I'd I'd even say it's got to be more of a feeling. If you're feeling like you want to do that because you want to be given something as an initial reason, you need to ask yourself whether it's the right time because as much as they give you so much, they take just as much and I don't think that that's necessarily a good or a bad thing if you've asked this question or not, but just going back from Tommy's comment about how people don't make it, I do think it can be more challenging if you are going into it first because you're looking to receive before you're looking to give. So if the first feeling that comes up is the reason that you want to have a baby is to receive then I'm not saying you shouldn't have a baby, but you do need to understand that that may, you may find the times where you're not receiving much more challenging than if you came to the decision by wanting to give first. Mm. Does that so make what's sense? What's some examples of, so like you're talking about like serving something other than yourself. What would, what would be some examples of the, the mindset of trying to receive or, or having a kid for like to be able to receive? Um, well, it's pretty, you know, people want, I don't, I don't know. This is like, feels a little bit judgmental. I don't know if, I don't know. I think we all have a, um, a right to receive nice things Mm. and to a right to receive love and joy and connection and, and giggles and happiness. And, but I think it's like whether you, this is going to be controversial, but sometimes I think whether you're a dog or a cat owner says a lot about you because for different reasons. Amen. But cats are obsessed with you a bit. They, you think, I you thought know, dogs, dogs, are also dogs a bit, aren't dogs more? Cats don't give a fuck about you, Stace. There's ways you can look at it, but cats can get a bit possessive. Like they get a bit like, she's mine, like she's don't she. touch her or you're my bitch or there's like this energy that's kind <laughs> of like, you know, like like there's just this real intensity of need. It's almost like a codependent relationship, whereas dogs, I feel like, are way less codependent. Even though they're dumbasses, I still think that there's a chance that you could come home and be out for six hours and they don't really know if it's one hour or I think they do. But you know what I mean? You know, I'm, you know I, I'm kind of rambling. Think, I reckon you've got this completely idea. wrong, Stacey. I think that dogs are more for people who like receiving. I think if you're a dog person... 
you're more into that. Whereas if you are a ca- with a cat, you just need to be happy with the fact that you're going to feed them, but then uh, they're going to do whatever. The yeah, fuck I get they what want. I know what you mean because they're independent. But I'm yeah. not really talking about receiving. I'm more talking about that codependency, right? So going back sure. to the question about babies, I think often people f- need to feel needed. I mean, isn't and that why cats- you like a posi- like? Would that be like the whole going to the games thing, where it's like you know, peekaboo was something that I had with Bryn. Like you can't play peekaboo or whatever. Like, is that where's where's that coming from? <laughs> so that's coming from competitiveness. <laughs> that's got nothing to do with dependency. That's a complete conversation between my husband and I. It's got nothing to do with the poor child. Um, but it's it's more. I think I don't know. I think that there is an ability for us to dive into things to feel feel something and I would look at parenthood as as really being a, a motivator to start from a place of you wanting to feel it for them as opposed to them feeling it for you it's, it's like mean, everything yeah, and- though don't you think TJ like we talk about that with like work like you don't you don't start a podcast or do all of this if you want to make money or receive like you've got to do it based but Josh, on so many people do yeah, yeah. Like you are the minority, right? and that's why it's doing one hundred percent. You've got no idea the amount of people that message me saying I want to do like, you know. And there's no judgment to that, but mm-hmm. there is a very different um, motivator behind yeah. mm. most people doing this kind of work. Mm. And you look like you're one of those people to a lot of people as well. Mm. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we mm. all are put in the same box. The yeah. only way we know who's the difference is behind the scenes and getting to know people and their true intentions. But mostly we all look like we're doing it. It's being steadfast, like to the point, to to your point on, if you're doing it to receive, uh, then all of a sudden it becomes very hard to be in a place of service. Whereas if you're like service first, then anything that you receive is bonus. And that's, that's how I feel. And I need to just also add to that, I think you need to constantly check yourself. Like I don't think that when you decide one day that all of a sudden you're going to give first before you receive it, then that's just your lifelong, you know, it's locked in for life. A year later you may be finding yourself in the same boat doing the same kind of work and now having expectation mm. that you didn't have 12 months ago. You have to constantly check yourself in that. You know, it's not yeah, something also- that's just set you build a muscle around the giving part and then asking or, you know, receiving or in terms of creating something before you've even asked, you know, for anything in return, right? I think people get very good at being able to just give, 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 and it can sometimes come at the detriment of the person just giving, right? What's that whole put on your um, face mask or whatever, you know, put on your oxygen before you help? The other people it's like if you're if you're always giving as a parent if you're like you know you see parents that are like that where it's like they're absolutely destroyed because they're doing everything that for their kids and they're mm. but they they then lose their identity and then probably in the long term they they actually end up doing more harm than good 100 percent. i wrote about this in my book because my mum was a single mum and as and she was very much celebrated in that that she was she would say quotes and words to us that you kids are everything to me you're my life you know all those things and that was very much particularly as a woman that's very celebrated mm. but actually i had to really retrain that messaging to tell myself that i was worthy of self-care and that i was worthy of putting money into my uh i don't know whatever like into going to a therapist or studying this or 
taking a holiday. Like those kinds of things would take me a couple of goes for me to get my head around thinking I was worth any of them because my messaging system was told that, you know, that that I wasn't, that you weren't necessarily, mm. even though her intention was to give us everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. that's, but you kind of, you learn from example a lot of the time. So, um, yeah. It's very it's, complex it's, it's a, it's a though, isn't one. it? That's like, that's such a hard one mm. because it's like, it's like anything. It's it's like a dessert. Dessert is delicious and can serve you. But if you have too much dessert, you know, you fuck shit up. You, you know, if we can learn anything from ISO, just you don't sure, need. Sure, Brittany. If, if, if that, that was a stretch, that one. <laughs> no, I had, we had Indian last night and there was a, we had the option of it was – $48 for all the, the things separately or you could get it in a meal deal for 43 but it came with dessert. And so oh. we did the dessert. And so I had dessert on a weeknight. Yeah. And so I'm just, was that I before shaving your head or after? That was uh, that before shaving the head. <laughs> I went straight and sh- shaved my head just to feel a bit leaner, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't yeah. help. Indian's fault. It was the <laughs> Indian cuisine's fault that you shaved your head. <laughs> um, Stace, well, yesterday we were talking about sticking to stuff and and it's almost like, and Josh, at one point you said like, um, it was referencing sort of that accountability around doing the show at 4pm and, you know, mm-hmm. we show up because people are here or whatever. And we were sort of talking about creating and Josh, you'd stop doing your photos and that was around the discussion, mm-hmm. your photos each day. But what have you found, Stace, in, in sort of working out why you've stuck at something and then trying to sort of reverse engineer it like we always, you know, try and be clever and work out how to then apply it to something else. Have you got a formula for sticking to either a creative practice or even, you know, a personal practice, exercise, meditation, these things? Mm, like like a discipline, like an underlying yeah. discipline, do you like, mean? Well, look at how long you did like the a- podcast, <clears throat> like Thinker Girls for and like even being able to whilst um, – you know, you're uh, being a mum and all that sort of thing, still getting the podcast out, like even, um, yeah. you know, doing throwbacks and things like well, that. Well, P.S., like, I'm not recording any, yeah, I'm not recording any new podcasts and I have an online person that's helping me, which I should also raise. Yeah. Like it's not, you know, I'm not sitting there on my phone shooting all this. Like I've got somebody that's helping me do keeping that stuff afloat as well. Um, but yeah, so from that perspective, I don't really feel like I'm kind of like she's just doing it. But, yeah, I guess I am still committed. For me, I've always been motivated by feeling. It's So there is no real um, analytical kind of structure, PowerPoint presentation that I have around discipline and that sometimes drives my hubby crazy because we are building different businesses and we have different ideas of businesses to build and he definitely is much more driven by that that you know those kinds of benchmarks um but i'm Mm. i I see myself as a bit more of a visionary person and a bit more of a feeler and what can look be looked upon as a floater and and it's really taken me a couple of years to get some confidence in staying on the track i'm on i think the last few years i really questioned whether that was somebody that was maybe a little bit naive that maybe had to step up be a bit more responsible um but I have fallen back on no, I don't. I've had success mm. doing it that way um, and I am much more, I think that those types of structures work for people but I think they're also structure and I just don't really find that my best work is is from a place of structure essentially. So I've had to, on the flip side of that, 
stop beating myself up about having little structure, which has been my structure. Mm, yeah. So I've had to get off my own back about not having these, I think, um, I guess this idea of you need to do that by this point or you need to be accountable by this point. Funnily enough, when I take the pressure off myself to do that, I always show up. Like it's I was like you saying, need to I check can, yourself like- at every stage. Like because the thing is, you you don't do things in the traditional way. I feel like even myself, that can happen where it's like you go on your own path, but then you can get those little voices around, like, oh, you need structure, or you need to be doing, you need to be up at this time, which can then derail all of that other work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. I think as well, when I feel really good about the work, I want to do it, yeah. and I I'm a, like a machine. Like you can't get in my way when I want to do something. So I might as well focus on things that I can, I want to do because it will be way more potent and powerful for me to get ahead doing it that way than it would for me to have a, a Google Doc with my, you know, all my posts across the week. And look, through the Thinker Girls and that, we had a team. So everyone's got different ways of working. So you do also, it's different now that it's run by myself and I have my own it's just me and anybody that wants to work with me comes into my my domain and they have to kind of work with how I want to work. When you work with a team or in a partnership, it's different. You've got to kind of have structure and a little bit of, I suppose, um, accountability so everybody feels like everyone's sharing the load. Um, but even then it was funny because both of us were very much similar from that perspective of being driven by loving to do it. Um, and so it's, it's, a, it's a funny one because I think – it, you get, I get so much more done by doing things that way than mm. I would if I was to plan to do something too much. I just have to make sure that I'm really into it and that can be scary because maybe last year when I was trying to fall pregnant and was pregnant, I, would, I didn't have many ideas coming to me. Mm. I think I even said to you guys when we spoke last, I was really in the middle of things and that was very mm. uncomfortable because I I was so used to pushing, so used to creating and nothing was coming because I was nesting and it was supposed to be that way. Now I cannot stop myself. I have four different domains in my card at the moment. I am back like in a way that I need to watch how much I put out because I have a child now. But it comes and it will come and I just had to trust that it would come again and when I now go back into the place where I need to rest and it's not going to be there, I need to make sure, A, I've got savings and a backup in case that happens again and make sure that I've, you know, that that doesn't take too much of a dive in our lives Um, and, B, I get off my own back and just give myself a break because I know in the times that I will work and when I am passionate about something, it is very hard to have somebody that's more productive than me in my own way. Uh, 97's doing such a good job just uh, sitting there. Obviously, these conversations for a 20-year-old, you're not necessarily thinking all of these things, Evs. But what's a question? Josh, I think he was, just, he was just looking at your head. He's, he's, <laughs> he's just, he can't stop I can't looking. believe it. Casey in the comments said she can't stop looking yeah. at your head. Uh, but Crystal and Jasno <laughs> point can I out feed my ch- Can I feed my child like Yeah, this? sure. Yeah, this is, guys- this is the Kate Lanebrook moment. Do you remember that famous, the panel? He's crying, so oh, I better really? tell Ben to bring him in. Okay. Um <laughs> Sebs, have you got a question for Stace? Um, yeah, I mean, it's. I guess it's around like it's. It's like this idyllic thing that you've. Yeah, it's an experience that you're going through, and so I think some people probably have an idea of how 
amazing it is and it doesn't sometimes hit those realities or expectations um mm. but i guess like what what are some of those um small little things that are just like the things that you love the most that aren't probably like the big things that everyone looks forward to and when you say idyllic are you talking about my like my work life mate so that's a cute kid jesus christ nah, more around with the little so cute <laughs> All right, let's get to Hello. the question in a second. But you want to say Hello. hi, Brian? Oh, oh my god! Hello. Hello. Very hungry. Being very patient, Hello. haven't you? We're on. You just <laughs> we're on. We're on. Pickaboo. All right. Let me just attach my. Let me attach yeah, myself. Yeah, yeah, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. Are you saying Sevs just for uh, people that might like? Because I, I think I don't know the percentage, but there's a lot of women that have a pretty horrible experience around the whole childbirth mm. thing. Like Amy didn't have an ideal situation. Oh, so to- you're saying to me, he's so interested, <laughs> um, this is a different age now. Like he gives a shit yeah. about things. There's no nip, There's no nip, guys, is there? No, nah, you're, you're all good. <laughs> this, this is right I, I realised that as I said that you'd have to check. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So I was like, oh, that's probably not a good thing to say. Like everyone's naturally like, oh, oh, whoa, hang on, what am I doing? Um, um, yeah, so are you saying, yeah, in terms of a lot of the things that I'm saying are quite idyllic but it may not be the journey may not be that or it, it may not be that that way? Sorry. Yeah, just got it's, a bit distracted. no, it's like, – that's all good. No, I think it's a little bit of that, but I think like you look forward to having a kid and having all these special moments, but there are those small little things that you don't really think about that may stand out or that may actually bring more joy than the big things that you're, uh, I guess, looking forward to. Are there any sort of like small things that are really enjoyable moments or experiences that you thought you wouldn't enjoy or thought you wouldn't look forward to? Mm. I try. I know it sounds a little bit cliche, but I try and live like that all the time because I find the I, I am a bit of a. I think I am a content. I've always been. I fucking hate the word content creator, but I've always been a person that's weirdly stepped in and out of my life. Like I kind of snapshot things. When you're when you're in radio, you're constantly thinking of your life as content, right? And then I stepped away from that. But what it did give me the ability to do was still snapshot moments. So it may not be something that's topical, but I I really do have this ability to kind of almost take a bit of an aeroplane. Like if Ben and I just randomly, so last night I've, I've been stressed and running, like, you know, writing the book and we're trying to do a bit of everything and Ben just put on a song and we danced in the lounge room and I get teary thinking about it because that's my life. That's the moments that's what I wanted. That's the things that are incredible, not necessarily the, I mean, the eloping and the glitter jumpsuit and, you know, the thinker girls and being on air and all those kinds of fancy things. They're all great. But, mm. you know, putting a, an 80s track on and just pelting it out and but now we're whispering because we have a kid that's asleep. It just, I, I have this ability to kind of go like take it in my memory and go, I, I, I think I often just say I'm, I'm so grateful in my head. So moments like that happen all the time in this joint. Um, but I do also think on the flip side of that, I think you have to make them. 
I don't think they all just come so naturally. And I think we wait for these moments to happen in our life. And of course, when he smiles for the first time or, you know, if there's still a moment where Ben will say, you look really pretty or, um, Mm. you know, someone sends you flowers and there's moments in your day or your life that come up without you planning and they're beautiful. But I do also think that so much of our life, we've been told that so much is supposed to happen to us and I am by the true belief system that most of it we need to make happen ourselves. Mm. And I'm sorry if that's, you know, taking out the romantic part of the way we look at life, but we can choose to continue to live in this denial about the way life works Mm. or we can start to be really honest with ourselves and go you know sometimes those moments you need to create and do I want to have had to remind my husband that Mother's Day is coming up in a couple weeks no Mm. I don't know because we're told that he's supposed to just know but why would I get in my own way that's just he just I like I, I didn't even need to necessarily say it but I was like it's the first one and it may not be on his radar you know so just Mm. it's not that I've necessarily created anything but it's just also not looking at everything like we have to wait for it to come to us so those moments happen positivity right like you have the option of like expecting the fuck up or expecting things not to work out or you can be like there's a little thing that I can do right now a little perspective shift Mm. a little thing to actually make it happen I think that makes a lot of sense I think even if transferable to your own life yeah sorry Stace to your own life like thinking you go no no go on I've got to feed my baby. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 you go. You go, Stace. I think it's just important, like I kind of in this house now, it's been really early on for us to, um, you know, have a, this family unit, but I already know this kind of idea of how I could resist really quickly being the memory maker. You know, I think women often feel like they often are the person that has to do that. But I'm really trying hard to make sure that I take pride and be really proud of that and just and really take that quite seriously because exactly as your question makes like those moments are the things that actually really matter i just don't think we and we should take them super seriously and when women do it it should be acknowledged and really appreciated but also we should acknowledge the power in it ourselves instead of constantly waiting for someone to say thank you or whatever the moment is thank you a lot of the time you know the moment experiencing it and putting your effort putting effort into it is is doing that you're right buddy yeah it's a perspective shift last night Bodie, will you play with me daddy and he wanted me to come down and play little trucks and i was like oh it didn't feel great i couldn't be bothered mm. i was tired mm. and it's at that moment right it's like hobbies the person who you think you are or the things you want to be taking a kid on an adventure uh because you think you're the adventure guy is Annoying at times, right? Mm. But then, like, that's the service that's bit, the, though, isn't it? Yeah, mm. putting is someone it, before is, yourself. I, yeah. And I think, makes with the um, yeah, but also with those idyllic things, it could be not about a kid. It could be about you know you feeling like I don't know, like I can't, I can't wait to be asked out on a date in this particular way, or you know, I, I really would wish my friend would be better at buying birthday presents. It's just dumb shit, you know, that you kind of Mm. worry about. It's just, it's not necessarily that you need to go and do those exact things yourself, but I think we do need to be committed to putting in, it is actually a bit of a theme like that we've spoken about, Joshua, like with the giving, like it's kind of that idea around um, 
being open to creating memories for yeah. ourselves and not necessarily waiting for them to come to us. It also seems and like I, I think the we've got this idea that they should of um, skepticism as well. Like I think that it's mm. so easy to be skeptical and to to think. I guess if you even think about like the um, yeah, the stuff the stuff around what's what's that whole the I think Stacey, you've gotten into it around. Um, you think something like the secret type of stuff. Like if you look at the mm-hmm. secret, the from law like of a, attraction, the law of attraction. Like if you look at it from the very basic level, it's just like have a positive attitude and um, bring the positivity from your end. Which I guess if you bring the positivity from your end, I feel like you're way more likely to see it returned rather than looking at everything. Well, as it's like, so, it, yeah. it's. It's physics. It's science. Mm-hmm. Like when you put something out, it's it's likely that I don't know. The I've, I've actually seriously thought about researching it, but like actually going back to uni because I feel like this is a part of the conversation I have that I often don't really understand, but I trust it because I've mm-hmm. seen it happen. Um, but it is it, you know from an energy perspective, you attract what you put out. Like and it's so even though you might not be you know asking somebody out on a date but that's what you want if you are putting out nice things there's a good chance that some version of that date that you're hoping happens will come back because of what you did somewhere else I don't know I it sounds exactly as you say really cliche and quite so like at the end but I tr- I really do believe it like believe that it it works it seems like it's working for you it's so good seeing you happy and healthy and relaxed as well it's great did I did I used to not be as relaxed? No, I think yeah, you used to. <laughs> I used to feel like I used to I had to be careful with what I'd say potentially. Really, now, yeah, a lot like, of people have said that to me. Like it, I've done other people's podcasts as opposed to them be on mine, and a lot of people have said you, you're really different. Yeah. And I, I I feel different in ways, but I I'm I'm always intrigued as to what that is like for other pe- yeah. like people. You know what I mean? Like it's weird. You do so much self development, but you can't really. Mm. Um, tap into what other people's perceptions of yeah. you are. Maybe in t- maybe it's a different, and maybe I've changed as well, but it feels like a difference in intention. Like when we ask a question, mm. you're thinking oh, this is coming from a place of curiosity. What could this mean? Oh, let's work it out. Whereas I think potentially, especially because some of your ideas aren't necessarily mainstream mm. or whatever, it could come across sometimes as like, uh, you know, like we're battling out on different value points where I think mm. like we can talk about this shit, work well, it out, try and understand. You actually said it yourself. I, you know, I dealt with you in the time that you were under pressure, you know, hadn't had thinker girls find the success it ended up having. And there is a level of anxiety that came out. out of, like I feel that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Intensity yeah, is the word yeah, you yeah. used. And yeah. I get that. I experienced that version of you. And it's. I think it is. It's just a it's – a, it's a, I mean, you've got to go through these things, right? It was you then. I think as well. And you now. Yeah, and, so. and, and they're all the things on the outside, but the inside part was that I was trying to work on myself, mm-hmm. you know, trying mm-hmm. to get comfortable with being on my own, trying to get confident, like I think a lot of the um, the confidence that everybody saw was a lot of bravado to survive and get the jobs that I wanted, but they weren't necessarily, it wasn't necessarily self-worth. Mm. It was more self-confidence, which 
Mm. Again, I write about this in the book. It, they're really different um, and it got me to a certain point and it gets you to a certain point but, you know, you've got to fill the cup from the, like the deep bottom bit and I think that just took me time. So I think a lot of the changes isn't necessarily about the external stuff. A lot of it just comes from you, yeah, getting getting a bit more comfy with who you actually are. And so these conversations, like you were saying, Josh, you know, there is no real right or wrong. They're open. Mm-hmm. I think that happens when you get more comfortable with your take on it because yeah. you're not really that concerned if somebody agrees with you or disagrees with you. You're more confident in it and everybody has a right to have their versions of things, but yeah. it doesn't it doesn't um, kind of uh, jilt you yeah. if somebody also, else You're not defending your position. You're just you're just describing mm. how you feel. Um, and yeah. so your your podcast yeah. Couple goals. You were saying that that's the one where uh, you and Ben talking about the whole thing experience. When's that coming out? Uh, oh God, who knows? When yeah. we when we can be bothered editing it? Yes, <laughs> probably. Thanks for the plug. Um, no, but uh, yeah, no, um, maybe a couple of weeks. There's a teaser at the moment, yeah, um, and I think we'll we'll get to it when we get to it. I think that's where we're at, and that's what I think. Back to kind of doing this kind of work with him being so little there is no there's no um I don't care if you know before it was like oh we've got to be consistent with what we do and that's not my priority right now so if we if I am creating content it's because it's completely fitted into his life you know so we'll get there when we get there maybe a couple weeks maybe a month who knows Stace, I like to think about, um, imagine if this time, like coronavirus happened, you know, at different parts of our lives. And I was thinking about, imagine if we were on air and this happened. Like at the time, like I like to I think I would have loved being bunkered down with you, TJ. Like, I, like we would have just, because you're so creative and you're so open to ideas and we would have just created a whole land. We probably would have been massive successes still working together because we would just been like, yeah. we're going to do this and we're going to somehow get a plane and somehow, you know, like yeah. I would we're have on. not we're found on. that to be awful. <laughs> yeah. That would have been pretty yeah. fun. It's... um. It's so funny, like you could either, like I'm grateful that it's happened now at this point, but is, I mean, that's just the story I'm, I'm the, the, the advantageous story I'm spinning at the moment, which I guess is mm. a good thing of, I'm glad it's mm. happened now, like at, at all points of my life. And I'm sure there's people with the opposite version of that, which is massively unfortunate, but it's, um, yeah. Life is weird. Yeah, our, Life is so our experience weird. is that we have a hashtag, which I haven't spoken about too publicly because I try and, or when I say publicly, I mean on my Instagram, um, uh, like, but I try and be very conscious and sensitive to others. But we have a hashtag um, that we just do as an absolute joke between a couple of mates and us of flourishing in ISO um, because mm. a few of us have found, and, be, and I think media as well, you know, a few of my husband works for the ABC and sometimes you can kind of start to question what you're doing and whatever but a lot of the work he's done has been really pivotal to kind of informing people not necessarily just you know beating stuff up or Mm. trying to get a a clickbait thing like working for a company like that has been incredibly important for people to actually get information so Mm. just checking yourself and checking what you're doing and how important it is I know that I've certainly had lots of people um you know, contact about coaching or working on themselves. So we've really felt like a lot of the things we do have really allowed us to feel good about what we choose to do every day. Um, And then also we have this little person um, in our lives at the moment. So funnily enough, 
And we also just sold a property right at the right time. Like we just kind of are like, shit, we're doing well. That feels really guilty. <laughs> like yeah. I feel really guilty we're doing quite well. Um, but, you know, it is what it is and I completely empathise with people that are not. But our experience is mm. that, like I said, I feel like we've been built to kind of be quite self-sufficient and make sure that we feel happy with how what we do day to day. And so when these things come up, it doesn't – it it hasn't maybe jilted us as much as a lot of people that are asking themselves the same questions and getting very different answers, you know? Mm. Makes sense. Uh, thanks, Stace. We've, we've had uh, a bunch of comments, people loving the episode. Crystal says, guys, this is one of my favourite episodes. A lot of chatter Aww. around uh, the snot sucker as well. Uh, there's an electronic <laughs> snot, uh, snot uh, sucker that you can Sucky get. Sucker. <laughs> Uh, where Jasna. can I see it? Is this on? Where <laughs> yeah. is this live? Oh, the chat. Yeah, you just go to our um, YouTube.com YouTube. forward slash the daily talk show, and yeah, right. it's got all the chat there as well. But um, uh, we're doing a 24 hour stream on Friday, 7 a.m. to Saturday, 7 a.m. And so we're preparing for that. But uh, Jasna's asked in the comments because we've organized merch that we decided on Sunday. And we've been uh, organising it all so we can get it express post to everyone for Friday. So Jasna was asking, uh, are they getting printed right now? Yes, Jasna. Uh, we will chat with Scooter, uh, Scooter Derek, uh, this afternoon with an update. No, the real Scooter. Easy, easy street. Scooter, Scooter Derek. No, no, no. We'll get an update on the show from Desmond. But it'll be happening. We need to, Sevs, DHL, we need to contact them. We need to get, do you have any updates on logistics? No updates on logistics yet. No. Okay. think God, that's a, this is a scary proposition considering Australia Post's delivery delays right now. And so what we're yeah. thinking Guys. is DHL and we'll, um, we'll actually drop it off to the depot. We've got um, three, three, orders in, um, three orders in WA, two orders in Queensland, seven orders in wow. New South Wales, and then the rest in Victoria. New South so, Wales represent. A lot of New South Wales. <laughs> and so we will, um, we will have to work something out for the Melbourne ones. I don't think the careers, maybe we have to, I had the idea, Sevs is on his um uh, learners at the moment. I thought maybe he could go in my I thirty and I could supervise. He could get his hours up and we could drive around and do some deliveries. You're gonna get your insurance. I love first. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the problem. A breeze uh, gonna yeah, definitely yeah. bring that up as the first thing. <laughs> but um what's the worst that could happen, right? Well, yeah, you just crash a car. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, no exactly. one's on the roads anyway. You're not gonna yeah, exactly. hurt anyone. Yeah, should be fine. And it will do it all in sort of <laughs> sort of sub- suburban areas where you, you feel more comfortable. You could do, oh, you go to Show Baker's place in Warrigal. Um, love it. <laughs> what a little oh, – I love him. He's so cute. <laughs> Where are looking at himself. <laughs> it's, too, it's terrifying how into this he is. Screens. Just loves him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But just himself and he just has a lot of eye contact mm. – with the camera let like the <laughs> down the barrel like he's just it's scary and everyone's like what do you expect and i'm like well there's only room for one in this joint <laughs> don't get ahead of yourself so funny. <laughs> oh, thanks stace have a great rest thank of thank you your, so your much day. guys hey i'll have to tune in if i'm feeding him like <laughs> yeah. in the morning yeah. on the front on the live thing It'll be right. something to yeah. watch. Yeah, or well, 24 hours. We'll be there all day. We'll be yeah. there all day and night. Early mornings. Good luck with it. Thanks, Stace. 
Awesome. It's a daily talk show. You, guys. Uh, you can watch youtube.com forward slash the daily talk show. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can listen at all those locations. Uh, otherwise, we'll see you at 4 p.m. for the live stream on the YouTube channel. See you then, guys. See you guys. Bye.